on air. Even with recent issues and what that's done to energy prices, you would think that there may have been a weakening on, on the approach to transition. If anything, it's completely the opposite. I'm seeing a doubling down from all of those stakeholders in the transition. This is On Air by ANZ Institutional. We bring you the latest market-leading analysis and thought leadership from more than 30 global markets, giving you the information you and your business needs to thrive. Hello and welcome to our listeners. We're in conversation with BP and ANZ about the energy transition. My name is Bronwyn Corbett. I'm an executive director in ANZ's sustainable finance team. It's great to be with you and I'm excited to be moderating today's discussion. It's my pleasure to welcome our guests, Mr. Frederick Baudry. Thank you, Bronwyn, and uh, yes, delighted to be here. And Mr. Mark Whelan. Thank you, Bronwyn, and um, good to see you. And Frederick, thanks for joining us here today. We appreciate it. Frederick, we might start with you. Big announcement just recently, a new investment in the Asia Renewable Energy Hub in the Pilbara region in Western Australia. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, perhaps? Yeah, extremely excited to, to announce that uh, BPS has taken a, a operatorship of uh, AREH in, in Australia. That will be one of the largest renewable projects uh, in, in the world. And as operator, and with a 40.5% equity stake, that means that effectively we'll be responsible for developing the project and uh, bringing through solar and wind energy, bringing green electrons, green hydrogen, green ammonia um, to uh, Australia and to Asia Pacific in helping decarbonise uh, the country and, and the region. So yeah, we're extremely excited about that and, and that uh, BP was chosen to, to develop that project. It's very, very exciting and I think great vote of confidence in Australia and also in um, leaning into the energy transition. Mark, what was your reaction when you heard the news? Very excited to be, to be honest. This is, uh, we're seeing you know, a major company um, not only targets, but this is a practical example of how you're going to meet those targets. And uh, so we're very excited for the country, but also for BP. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. And um, it's clearly obviously a very big investment for BP in the APAC region, particularly Australia. Perhaps if we take a couple of steps back, could you perhaps tell our listeners um, on what has motivated the BP BP to focus on the transition to net zero? Yes, well, let me start with with a few facts. We, we, We know that energy demand is on the rise. We know that the world is on an unsustainable path with um, temperatures 1.1 degree Celsius higher than to than in pre-industrial uh, period. We know that expectations of so that society has of energy companies also have um, have changed. So on on the on one level, this is quite existential for uh, for an energy group. On another, what we saw is over the last two to three years is that. Um, Actually, companies like BP, energy companies, have to own the problem, have to be part of the transition, um, have to be part of providing a solution to this. So we're seeing this as not just existential, but frankly also for a company like ourselves, the opportunity to, to contribute. Uh, we set out a net zero ambition. We're now making concrete investments uh, in, in service of that, and, and we have changed our capital frame to, to, to do that, and we have moved to an integrated energy company so we can effectively bring multiple energy sources to, to our customers, fossil and, and renewable. Mm. And what's the response been like? The, the, the response has been excellent from certainly our, our staff have welcomed it. Um, customers are on their own transition path. They have been extremely clear that um, they have set out their own net zero ambitions. Um, we all know BP customers um, uh, funding partners, 
governments that this is an uncharted uh, pathway. And, and therefore, the response has been, well, very good. How do we move from ambition and net zero target to concrete, concrete solution? That, that's what we have worked on in the last couple of years. And, and now, with the announcement of our stake in AREH, we are able to effectively move to producing clean energy from renewable sources. We are able to decarbonize sites, and we are able to offer customers a number of decarbonization pathways for mobility, renewable fuels, EV, hydrogen for mobility. That, that BP is able to, to be present across the entirety of uh, energy, energy provision. Mark, what's motivated the bank to focus on the energy transition? Uh, there's, probably, there's a few things, I think, Bronwyn, that's motivated us. The first thing is that we recognise pretty early on that uh, climate change and the transition to net zero uh, will affect every person and every business across the globe eventually. If it's not already done that, it will eventually. And so there, with what comes with that is there's going to be risks and opportunities that we're going to have to assist our customers with. And so, so as a major financial institution, um, we've got a responsibility to understand how that is affecting our customers and how we help our customers in that transition. The second thing I'd say here is that and really importantly is that our, our stakeholders, our shareholders, staff, customers, regulators, they want to see the bank actively involved in the transition. They want to see that we're, you know, to you know, Frederick's comments, practically providing solutions and, and opportunities for our customers to, to be involved in the transition. So that's really important. And finally, you know, there's, there's significant financial opportunities in this for the bank and for our shareholders helping create you know, a clean, affordable and reliable uh, energy um, will require, require you know, somewhere in the order of, I think, 150 trillion US dollars over the next uh, several years for investment. And so we think there's opportunities to provide advice, products and finance to our customers on this journey. So it's, there's some risks. There's a significant number of uh, opportunities there for us that we want to participate in. Indeed. And I guess that's the challenge here will be how to prioritise. So, how do we how do we go forward, and how do you how do you choose your projects? Where do you want to focus first? Perhaps could you explain how where your priorities are for Australia and New Zealand? Yeah, absolutely. I would like to build on something that Mark just said that it will take trillions and trillions of dollars to replumb the whole energy system, and and one of the things that that we have learned along with what Mark was, was just saying, is that this is uncharted, but it will take companies with the capability and the will and the investment capability to, to, to actually replumb that energy system. So as BP, what, what we noticed over the last couple of years is really we, we have the opportunity to not just own the problem, but be part of the solution in that what we have done in over 100 years of operations right here in Australia is developed really complex energy projects, operated assets, built value chains, constructed um, deep um, partnerships with, with, with customers founded on trust and mutual benefits. So what BP is able to do is effectively play across that spectrum, uh, that, that entire value chain, starting from the customer needs at one end because they are trying to decarbonize themselves in order to win in their own marketplace. And at the other end, bringing project, multi-energy projects that will be able 
to meet those customer needs. So we, we're, we're in the middle of, of this, and our priorities are one along the production of renewable energy from solar and wind into green power and, and hydrogen, um, two in the decarbonisation of industrial sites, three in the decarbonisation of mobility through a number of pathways, renewable fuels, uh, electrification, mm. hydrogen. Mm. Mark, I mean, that's for ANZ, that's um, the same, right? So we, we're really following the customer here. Yeah, absolutely, Bronwyn. I think, um, you know, when we look at um, where the opportunities lie for us as a bank, it has to centre around customers and what their requirements are, what their needs are, and what we can do to help them along that journey. So, for example, when we talk to our customers, we're, we're focused on understanding their position as it is today and where they're heading. Uh, and how we can harness you know, this significant opportunity you know, that Frederick's spoken about for customers in transition. So we, we, we're seeking to understand, not direct. That's the first thing I would underline here. Now, the other thing we're doing is you know, to help that, we've set ourselves a target. So we want to facilitate $50 billion by 2025 um, in lower emissions um, funding uh, for our customers. And you know, we're currently sitting, I think, around $31 billion. Uh, and the good thing about that is it will probably hit our target, I think, 18 months uh, ahead of schedule, which means we'll push the target higher and not just uh, rest at that point. Um, now, that's mainly, as, as you're aware, has been in sustainably linked bonds and loans. Um, and, um, but we're also now starting to put new products out to market, um, guarantees, trade finance. Um, and again, what we're seeing is many of our customers in their own supply chain are asking their, their partners and customers to come on the journey and we're able to fund that, uh, that supply chain, if you like. So lots of new opportunities in carbon markets, ESG and advisory. So, you know, we see significant opportunities to support customers, but we'll build it with the customers, We're not going to run ahead of that. Frederick, why is the energy transition relevant to BP? So it, as a, an energy company... Uh, it became very clear that the world can only decarbonise, the world can only uh, move to different form of, of um, sustainable energy and, and correct its path if energy companies themselves decarbonise. So that, 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 that's, that's the core of how do you evolve your business from a traditional oil and gas business and, and mobility franchise towards something that will still... It's, a, it's an end conversation. It is not an either-or conversation. It is a transition, something that will still rely on the production of oil and gas, on the production of fuels for, for, for mobility, but also evolve towards new forms of, um, of energy. And um, we have found that we, we have unique opportunities to deploy uh, BP's um, skills in, in that area um, as an oil and gas company as a project developer, but also by virtue of being a global organisation, we can bring something that is actually quite different. Mm -hmm. The concrete investments are backed by the, the global capability of BP, for example. We have experience now in electrification of mobility in EV globally. We have relationships with OEMs, with engine manufacturers uh, globally. We have an R&D and, and technology arm that has been looking at this for now years. Um, over uh, over decades, um, we have the project capability and, and, and the partnerships with customers. So we, we, we believe that, just like Mark said, it's it's an opportunity for us to evolve the business also and be successful together with and make our investors successful. Mark, I might just turn to you now. 
I know you've recently returned from Europe and having held meetings with ANZ's customers and investors and also some of the regulators, um, what has been your key takeaways? Uh, the first thing I'd say, a couple of things again there, the first thing I'd say is there, there is a, um, an expectation that Australia is going to be you know, at the forefront of this transition and, and um, for many of our customers and they want to participate in that and I'll come back to that in a moment. Second thing I'd say is that um, if even with recent um, issues in Europe and what that's done to energy prices, you would think um, then there may have been a weakening on the, on the approach to transition. If anything, it's completely the opposite. I'm seeing a doubling down um, from all of those stakeholders you just talked about in the transition. And I think that's a positive. It's a, there's a lot of short-term pain with pricing, as we're seeing at the moment, and sources of energy, particularly in Europe. But um, um, the short term's not going to get in the way of the, longer, the medium to longer term. And if anything, I think you're going to see significantly more investment in renewables at a much faster rate than what we'd anticipated. And so there's that in itself is going to promote pretty significant opportunities for our customers and therefore ourselves. So, you know, they do expect Australia to play an important role. If you look at where we sit uh, at this point in time, you know, there's, a, there's, there's no doubt that we're rich in minerals and, and um, we've actually got quite good technology across the ESG platforms. And um, I, I would think that what we're seeing, and it came through loud and clear from, from Europe, is that there's many customers that want to be involved with helping Australia in that space. And I think what BP announced uh, and Frederick spoke about um, just a, mo a moment ago around that investment in hydrogen and, and, um, and clean energy in Australia, it's a massive project um, and it's in Australia. So, you know, I think we'll see more of these. So we're we'll be leading the way there. You've got company, uh, countries like Korea, Japan, Singapore, China, all investing in renewables and hydrogen and critical minerals. And so they're expecting us to be a major player in this space, as we should be. You know, we've been part of the energy uh, formula for the globe for a long, long time. It's just going to change the nature of uh, the role that we're playing, I think, going forward. Mm. Frederick, do you think Australia can be a clean energy powerhouse? I think it will be. Um, just like Australia built a unique position in LNG, uh, for example, I fundamentally believe that it should be aspiring and it will be a renewable energy superpower. If I look at Australia, it has natural, abundant, renewable energy that can be um, uh, developed at, uh, at scale. It has world-class infrastructure. Uh, it has world-class human capabilities that have actually played in, in the energy and resource sectors and made them incredibly prosperous in, in, in this country. Very strong, committed customer base that has announced um, publicly their, their commitment to, to decarbonise and need help on, on getting there. And exactly as Mark said, Australia is right on the doorstep of Asia-Pacific. Two-thirds of the world's CO2 emissions are in ASPAC, or will be in ASPAC by, by, by um, 2050. Um, more than 80% of the urban population is based here. And energy self-sufficiency and independence is really important across, uh, across Asia-Pacific. So when you combine that with what is naturally a very stable economy, um, uh, one that has a, a cradle of uh, financial institutions uh, committed to green investment like yourselves, um, 
and the supplement of strong government support. What is there not to like? So we're really excited, exactly as Mark said, the current energy supply, uh, or rather energy price crisis is reminding us that diversification of sources of energy is just so important. And Australia is very well positioned to do just that in the renewable space. What role are you seeing government play in the energy transition? Well, as you can hear, Bronwyn, I, I, I come from Europe. And uh, it, it's been uh, amazing um, uh, to see in, in Europe over the years um, how policy settings have evolved to try and uh, facilitate, enable um, the, the, the start of, uh, of energy transition. Energy transition will be extremely complex. We'll have to deploy technology, new technology at scale, um, and, and meet a, a, a demand, uh, the form of which is, is somewhat un, un, uncertain. So governments have a big role to play in this, in developing some clear, stable policy settings that will, that will enable these projects to, 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 meet, um, to, to, to meet what the customers need. Um, to encourage investment in energy, tra energy transition, I think there has to be support for technology development. There has to be support for infrastructure. There has to be mechanisms for aggregating uh, demand. Um, all of that would enable in, in investment at scale, which will then, over time, drive cost competitiveness of those new, new energy sources. Um, it is great to see that this is actually happening right now in, um, uh, in, in Australia. Um, at federal and at state level, in our case, we have received $70 million for, to support the decarbonisation of um, Quinana. Um, we are seeing opportunities in the uh, mobility uh, spaces. Um, AREH, that we have just committed to be the operator of, has major project status uh, with the federal government and lead agency status with the, the Western Australia government. And all the conversations that we have had in recent weeks um, with um, the, uh, the, the government actors have been incredibly positive in demonstrating Australia's commitment to energy transition. That, that, that is wonderful to, to hear and to see that is part of the coalition, building the coalition of, of the willing, and it is essential in de-risking what will be considerable investments that we are committed to make. I think to, to achieve that, we really need really, really strong collaboration, clearly. And I think um, in, my, in my sustainable finance role, I see um, I'm frequently hearing from customers about that and what they're doing with their supply chains, whether it's co-investments in low-carbon manufacturing, helping them with new investments in their processes as moving towards low-carbon solutions. Question for you both, why is collaboration so important? What kind of advice or ideas are you taking from other companies? How are you all helping each other? One of the things that became obvious to us as a bank very early on, as we were discussing where the risks and opportunities uh, lie in this, is that you are not going to be able to do this by yourself. As a financial institution or as a, a major corporation that, are, that is in this transition space, and partnerships are going to be critical in this transition. So even when you see the scale of the project that BP is undertaking in Australia, you can't do that by yourself. There, you need um, different skills, you need different financiers, you need um, different capabilities. And so renting some of those or partnering with people is really important. So you will see that you know, recently, as an example, um, ANZ has um, um, entered into a strategic partnership and investment in pollination. Um, 
and Pollination is an advisory and funds company in this sector which has significantly strong reputation and is already working with a number of our customers already. And so we see a real complementary skill set. We don't do that top-end advice. They are more than capable of doing that. Uh, as an example, they will make equity investments through funds, which is not a core competency of ANZ. But what we can bring to the table, so we, we get access to that uh, for our customers, and then what we can bring to the table is the financial uh, and financing opportunities and skill set and capability. So I'm really in, in, um, excited about that. Second thing is for us, you know, we also recognise that, you know, there's things that we're going to do differently. So, you know, we want to partner, for example, with Qantas and, in, and, and Inpex for that regeneration project, which Project Wheatbelt, which we announced just recently, which uh, again is a co-investing in a nature-based offset solutions carbon credits will come from there and biofuel will come from there. So there's real opportunities to take us in different directions, but you need to build skill set, you need to build capability, and you cannot do that yourself. The, the final thing I'd say here, things are changing so quickly, you really need to be in a position where you can leverage others' capabilities to ensure that you stay, stay the course. And Frederick, would you have well, any advice? Well, I, I, I will start where, mm. where Mark finished, um, which is building capabilities in each of our organisations to make those concrete investments come to fruition and complementing, supplementing the capabilities that, that, that we have is really important. There's a very high dose of humility that is required as we enter this because it is uncharted, because there are over 100 trillions of investments required to replumb the energy system, what we are doing in partnership, in collaboration with customers is deeply understand their needs so we can give them energy in the form that they want at the time and the place that they want it. And more broadly, what we need to bring together is a coalition of the willing, working with customers, working with funding partners, working uh, with governments, uh, establishing a policy framework that enables Australia to meet its environmental targets in a way that is economic for all the actors. Mm. I think that, that really resonates with me as well around how we work with our customers to deliver solutions so, and, and, and make this happen. So, yeah, thank you. We've spoken now about the opportunity for Australia with the energy transition and industry collaboration. Uh, what I'm interested in is how you've both driven engagement with your customers and suppliers and what challenges both your, our respective organisations have, have faced. Um, Frederick, where do you... Yeah, I'm delighted to go first. Um, as I mentioned, we have 100 years of uh, relationships uh, with, with customers here in, in, in Australia. Um, deeply, taking the time to deeply understand, to workshop uh, with our customers what their energy needs are. Um, uh, both current energy needs and, and, and forward, what their aspirations are in, um, uh, in terms of renewable energy supply is really important. So we're spending a lot of time co-designing that uh, with them. Um, we have learned that um, actually they, they, they welcome these, these conversations and, and we are a credible, credible and, and trusted partner. The more concrete action we take, the greater the engagement is. So um, we're really excited about some of the announcements that we made recently precisely and because it enables us to take um, uh, the, the, this partnership to a next level with, with customers. In terms of challenges, I think we have to recognise that this is a transition and therefore there will be multiple energy pathways and, and this is uncharted. Um, these are considerable investments. 
tens of billions of dollars um, uh, for, for, for certain projects, hundreds of millions for others. So how do we work with um, our partners uh, in order to uh, de-risk um, these investments against an uncertain price and, and, and technology cost environment, um, such that over time the economics of renewable energy um, are on par with, um, uh, with with current um, current forms of uh, fossil energy, and uh, we're really confident that in a place like Australia, because of the abundance of the renewable energy sources, we will get there faster than in most other places in the world, which which for us is is really exciting. Um, there will be an experience curve, as in any new form of investment. Investment at scale into these technologies will bring the cost down, so we have to start, and that, that that's why the concrete investments such as that which we announced this week is is really excited in, in getting us up that, um, that, 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 that ladder. And Mark, look, it's remarkably similar in approach to be frank, um, even though um, you know we're a bank and, and you're a major um, um, corporation uh, conglomerate in the, in the energy sector and it, but it's a, a very similar approach. So you know three years ago we started working with our top 100, um, uh, largest institutional customers, they happen, happen to also be some of the biggest emitters in the, in the world, about what they were doing with their transition. And the first thing that we did, and I think you used the words, you know, the, the terms seeking to understand what your customers were doing, it's exactly what we were doing. We wanted to understand how they were looking at um, um, the transition, um, you know, where they saw the risk, what they were doing with regards to government governance, disclosures, and um, et cetera. And, we were seeking to understand so that we could be part of um, providing support and solutions, if you like. So it's very similar to what how Frederick um, uh, explained what they were doing at BP. Now, we quickly moved from thinking about how you're managing the risk about the transition, which was where a lot of people were thinking about this, say, three years ago, to more around where is the, the opportunity and what are the things we need to do in building um, capability internally and how do we shift our own thinking internally from a traditional finance sense and even a return sense which Frederick touched on to you know how do you do that in transition and where will you end up with regards to returns and risks management so we're still on that journey to a degree but you know we're learning everything from the customer so you know talking to the customers and those top 100 emitters we've learnt a lot and we've we've adjusted our business to do that but as I mentioned, the dialogue's moved really quickly from um, risk to, to opportunity, and we're pretty now, pretty much now advanced in our thinking of how we want to lean into that. With you know, we've got 12 specific initiatives around hydrogen, for example, or electronic vehicles, as another example, carbon trading, as another one, and how we we, we need to build on that. So there's some of the things we're doing with regards to challenge. Um, sometimes the conversations aren't that easy. <laughs> And they certainly weren't easy early on. I think because there was an interpretation that the bank might have been coming in to to lecture or say, demand, and that was certainly never our intention and has never been um, our approach. So conversations to begin with with some customers were difficult. Others have been quite um, easy, but we've seen that shift over time. And so it's now um, much more focused on both part, you know, customer and bank learning and developing um, uh, the transition and um, uh, and moving to you know um, actions and so I think Frederick you've spoken about ambitions moving very qu quickly to to concrete actions and investments and how we need to do this jointly and I think that's where we've landed now but 
initially the, the challenges were, were around just being clear on what, why we were asking questions and then how we were moving to um, support that. It's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And I, th- I think the more we talk about this, the energy transition with our customers, the more they respond to us, the more they want to hear insights. They're really open to it now. I think to your point there, Bronwyn, the other, the other thing, and you've touched on it, the momentum's building because people are finding it, it's easier to understand when you see real practical examples of investments that are heading in this direction. And um, the recent, your recent announcement, the investment that we're seeing, you know, coming through finally in, from governments and other areas and in infrastructure, et cetera, I think is, is critical. That makes it real. But to your, your point about motivation, uh, every single grad that we took into the business last year wanted to work in our sustainable finance area. Every single one. And so I think you're going to see this motivation continue to grow, commitment continue to grow but the, the momentum will come from these transactions that we're seeing because it's practical. Yeah, I'm loving my new role, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Um, final question. What would be, um, I'll start with you, Frederick, actually. What would be your advice for other companies, maybe who are looking to accelerate their plans or starting out on their journey? Um, what's worked well? I think the, the first piece of advice, it sounds right, but don't don't wait, deeply understand how energy transition is going to affect your your customers, your your business, then be very transparent about not just your ambition, but the progress that you are making along that ambition concretely. Um, Building partnerships, as we said, will be absolutely essential. So who are these partners that you want to build alliances with that will be complementary, that will bring complementary capabilities to, um, uh, to, 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 to your own. Um, we cannot take our eye of the fact that this also will be considerable, um, this will require considerable investment and therefore there is an obligation to perform while we transform. Um, again, it cannot be an, an either or conversation. Finally, we touched on it a couple of times today. Energy transition is bigger than just business, if I may uh, express it that that way. It is an existential challenge to the planet, to society, and therefore we all have to develop plans that are not just about converting, transitioning our business, that are about supporting the planet, but we have to very clearly articulate for our stakeholders at large what a just transition means also. So what are the sustainability elements associated with the environmental commitments that, that we are making? This, you know, it's probably a lot for um, uh, 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 others to, to think about, but this is what we've learned with deep humility, um, because we don't know actually the, the, the path, we haven't charted the path to get, to get there. That's what we have learned with deep humility and, and we're having incredibly rich conversations with our customers as we, as, uh, as we build this together. So exciting. Mark? Very similar again, I have to say. I think um, we haven't compared notes, Frederick, <laughs> which is good. But look, I, the first thing, I, the listening, um, the first thing I'd say here is that it's really important that we listen, listen to our stakeholders. So investors, um, share, you know, the staff, government, regulators on what they're doing, um, why they're doing it, um, be part of that conversation. But listen first because um, you'll learn more if you, you, you listen. 
I think following that, you know, and uh, Frederick touched on it again, you know, transparent conversations, open transparent conversations around what that means, you know, with shareholders. What does it mean for returns with customers? What does it mean in financing of transition, you know, of the transition? How will that play out? Um, but have those transparent conversations because it's important that um, we all understand this will be difficult. It's going to be multi-years. It'll take different directions and we need to be agile enough to be able to, to, to do that and therefore we need to be talking uh, clearly to these, um, uh, these stakeholders on a regular basis around where we're at and what we need to do. And the final thing I'd say here, it's so important, these partnerships... You cannot do this on your own. Uh, the partnerships are critical uh, in that, in capability. Um, and, you know, um, this is an important thing for the planet, but it's also exciting opportunities for our customers, the bank, investors, you know, um, all range of uh, stakeholders. So partnerships in helping us get there is, is going to be critical um, because there's a lot to do. That was On Air by ANZ Institutional. Be sure to like, follow or subscribe to hear more. This podcast is intended as thought leadership material. It is not published with the intention of providing any direct or indirect recommendations or to influence any person to make a decision in relation to any financial product or class of financial products. It is general in nature and does not take account of the circumstances of any individual or class of individuals. For further information, please refer to the full disclaimer at institutional.anz.com.